Am I on hold? You are not on hold. You're live. Oh, hey. You don't sound muffled at all. Do you sound okay on your end? Uh, yeah, you're you're fine. Um, it's not it's not too gainy. I don't think so. Not for me. Good. But, then but everything's can, already set up. <laughs> yeah, but then I I can handle a deep voice. I, I you know so if you're good to go, we can we can roll now. Sweet. Michael Dean Roberts, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am doing okay. It's starting to get warm here in Southern California, as you know. So before right. it gets crazy and I start turning on the air conditioner, I wanted to get, get a chance to say hello and talk to you. I've been following you now for quite some time. I'm a fan of the show. And uh, right. like I said, I, I, I just you get to a point where you eventually say, why don't I talk to the guy and ask the questions that I want to ask live versus going the back and forth and recording messages to one another? Exactly. So here we are. Yeah, and the also the other thing is you you are by virtue of what I saw online, the first IMDb uh, personality to ever come onto the Hugo's Pod podcast. So that's something. Oh, hey. <laughs> well, m- most recently, um, yeah. So voiceover actor. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, in fact, I'm just doing a, a film. I, I I written a film, and it's going to be uh, released in uh, December of t- 2020. Um, which is called the uh, a gayer Christmas Carol, which is kind of a spoof on Christmas Carol. But um, I was actually asked to do an animated film recently, and that's what I've been working on. Well, I mean, you have a fantastic voice. I, I think that's one of the uh, the things that captured me as far as when I started to listen to you is that, uh, and take this in the spirit that it's given. Uh, right, you, you have such a baby face. And then right. the voice is, it's got this reverberation and this neatness and this fullness. And yeah, the first few times when I saw your Instagram and, and I listened to your podcast, it didn't quite mesh with one another. So, right. Well, you know, here, you know, I make sure that the, I can't hear my voice when I record because once I do, I'm like, oh shoot, that's what I sound like. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we all do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, so you have your hands in a lot of pots, and I and 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 I'm sure you have your hands in other, many other places. We'll get to that eventually. Right. But first right. and foremost, let's talk about the Gay Men's Podcast. That is how okay. I learned about you. It's been around for a little bit of time. Maybe yeah, you can tell us a little bit about your show, uh, what you typically discuss right. on on the on the podcast. So just tell us a little bit about you. Right. So the Gay Men's Podcast is basically about anything gay, basically in the world. We kind of touch base on. Um, you know, everything uh, from prides to everyday life and, you know, making fun of some of these articles that are out there. And, uh, you know, we kind of touch base on, um, you know, uh, new surveys that suggest one thing over the other. And basically, it's just my way to talk bad about some people and talk good <laughs> about some others <laughs> right you know get, get into some feuds you know I, I think what i've enjoyed about the show is that it's very round it's not it, it's not everything that's gay is positive it doesn't come off that way you seem to take uh not the light but you seem to take um exception to some things that are out there to some right. you know some of the infighting uh, or, or or challenges and, and, and you know coming to a head that is coming within the gate community. Uh, right. Also understanding that the gate community is wide varied. I think that it's sometimes painted with a very broad brush. Right. And there's exactly. a lot of nuance there. 
And I think you, and, and I know that you have a, another podcast that you're working on, but in that co-host right. and you guys are doing a great job and, and I like the back and forth. But I think one of the, one of the interesting things is that you're, you're, you, the show comes off as, listen, we are, uh, we're people. And, and we're flawed and there's issues and there's things that we don't agree to. And that's what exactly. you want to point attention to. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, we have to understand that, you know, being in the LGBTQ community is only like one one hundredth of uh, a person. You know, people have their own, you know, goals and hobbies and, you know, views on life that we have to also intertwine. So for, you know. Um, having people view LGBTQ individuals as, you know, one set thing as, oh, they're gay or straight or bi or whatever. That's not exactly what we want to be viewed as. Well, most of us don't want to be viewed as. I mean, we have other hobbies, you know, we have people who likes fashion and people who like sports and stuff like that. We're just not one thing. And I think that's what the show's kind of trying to show people anyways. Um, I mean, I get a lot of uh, weird comments and, and stuff like that from other LGBTQ people because I'm not gay enough. But uh, that's something else that we're trying to touch on, too, is that, you know, you can be gay and you can have your own personality as well. It doesn't make you a bad gay person. It doesn't make you a, you know, a uh, I don't know. Uh, um, they have so many words now that I actually have to write a book on, you know, all the new definitions. But, you know. There's there's so many views on homosexuality from heterosexuals and other, you know, LGBTQ people that, you know, I kind of want to touch on and make sure that, you know, everyone knows, hey, it's okay to have your own perspective, your own views other than the community. You know, and, and certainly that spells job security as lo- as far as a podcast is concerned, because you'll never have anything to run, you know, oh, no, run out oh, to no. talk about. Not at all. I had to go to so many events and, you know, sometimes I have to bite my tongue because I I can't talk about a certain event, how I want to talk about it. But um, other times it's like, you know, every every day is different. You know, every news article is different. So it's it's always something new to, you know, talk about. Now, do you find that your audience is primarily gay or bisexual or we actually just did a study on GAAQ radio? Um, let me see if I can pull it. I think the 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 um, census was seventy eight percent were in the LGBTQ community, and then the rest were in the heterosexual community. Of the oh, it's seventy eight percent in the LGBTQ community. Um, Forty two were actually men; the rest were women, which I was kind of weird about. Not what weird. I guess I was. I wasn't <laughs> weird. I I guess I was shocked. Uh, just to know that, you know, we're getting more lesbians to listen to the show, which I kind of like because there's always been this debacle on, you know, gays and lesbians hate each other and stuff like that, where it's really not like that in real life. I think that's just a stereotype that a lot of people want you to hear. Is that the stereotype coming from media, how it's been portrayed? Oh, this is maybe this is a gay thing. This is what, you know, the gay world thinks of gays, you know, stay away from lesbians because, you know, there's this internal feud where I've never seen it and I've never had a problem with, you know, lesbians versus gays or anyone else. Um, But a lot of gays do believe in that stereotype where they go to an event and they get mad because 
you know, lesbian women are there or something like that. So um, that's something else that we have to touch on. And I think I did touch on it on one of the episodes. Um, but that's something else that we have to. This is why I don't like Inker. <laughs> it's one of the issues. Did, did your phone time out? Uh, yeah, I think it. Uh, it yeah. it's either. Well, this is on all on computers, so I'm not sure. Okay, well let's let's give it another shot, and hopefully we don't run into that issue again. But anyways, you were right. You were you were you were talking about you know the uh, in not infighting, but perception of of this mis mislike uh, between gay lesbian. Yeah, it's all it's it, it, it you know there's this uh, this. Uh, Again, I'm not sure what you heard and what you didn't hear, but, um, you know, there's this internal um, suggestion that uh, gay men and lesbians can't be friends. They can't communicate together. They hate one another, where in real life, there there really isn't any, you know, um, reason, right, any reason why they should be like that. Um, now, there's a lot of gay men, and I talk to a lot of lesbians that you know, just believe that because they heard it and now they're kind of, you know, iffy to talk to a, a gay or a, a lesbian person, depending on the situation. But, um, you know, it's time that we kind of broke that stereotype. So it, you know, it, it made our community look or make our community look better. I, I mean, I know it's anecdotal, but I've had similar instances where I have been get, at get togethers, you know, large uh, groups, especially here in Southern California, where you have a mix of people, gay, lesbian, obviously, you know, folks like me who who knows what we're called nowadays. Um, right. But, right. you know, the, <laughs> but that's the whole thing, though. When you get into a group dynamic, I don't see this, uh, at least in Southern California, in my small group or in the communities that I've been in, I have not seen clicks of that nature that doesn't mean that other clicks don't exist you know, because people gravitate right, right. towards who they like but it doesn't seem like oh well you know the the the, the gays are going to be on the left the uh, you know the lesbians are going to be on the right and everybody else is going to be awkwardly looking at each other in the middle it doesn't work that way people just get along um, right for the most part for the most most part. of the time most of the time again it's a cultural thing and i don't mean culture as in you know ethnic or you know, anything like that. I mean, cultural as in regional. In the United States, a lot of people don't understand that, you know, every area from Los Angeles to Orange County, that's a different culture. Sure. So you, know, you see different, you know, um, perspectives on, you know, what's viewed as okay and what's viewed as not okay. So um, again, that's, that, that's something that we have to work on is we have to understand that, you know, um, someone from LA and someone from, I don't know, uh, Phoenix will not have the same mindset as, you know, one another, but that's okay. And you're also breaking down misconceptions. One of the things that I've enjoyed listening in your show is that oftentimes you'll, you'll get letters. And some of them, the letters are very pressing because the people that are writing to you seem to be at a crossroads. Um, and, and you tackle those letters. Uh, right. Some are, you know, there's a lot of levity, but like I said, some of them are very, very serious because there's young men and women out there uh, and, and people on, this, uh, on different spectrums that are, that are hurting, that do not understand their place in life. And they're coming to you as a, as a voice of reason right. And, right. and and it's important that, that you take the time and I've, I've heard you do this of dispelling what's you, you, I, I think you come about it in a common sense sort of way I try to be as nice and logical about you know the questions as possible and you know most of the questions 
you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give my personal answers to, but also I want them to understand that, you know, what's happening is they're getting this viewpoint from social media and social media does play a key role in our community, but what's happening with social media is it's usually either one-sided or it's very hostile or something like that. Whereas in real life, it's 100% different. When you look at an individual on social media and when you look at an individual out in real life, you know, it's kind of like a night and day kind of deal. You know, they seem to be more hostile on social media where they're not as hostile in person. So I try to, you know, show that to, you know, whoever's asking me a question where, you know, if you're getting hate on on social media, it's not going to be the end of the world, you know, or you're just seeing one side of, you know, the uh, you know, you know, the problem or whatever the question is about. So, yeah, no, I mean, it's certainly an echo chamber. And if you go in there and all you're getting is negative, you think that's the world that you live in. But the reality exactly. is that there's so much more variety. Now, I'm 41 years old. Uh, again, you have a baby face, so it's hard to place you. But would you consider yourself a millennial? Would you consider yourself a Gen Xer like me? Or I don't, I certainly don't think you're anywhere near. I am a millennial. I knew it, you fucker. <laughs> I knew. I'm 33, August 10th, um, which I'm not looking forward to. Okay. So, um, yeah. So I am a millennial. Ugh, no one thing, you know. Now, why do you why do you say ugh? Where does that come from? Let's, when let's, I look let's at, get down you know, to the, the problem. Thing, ever, ever since I was a kid, I've never really had interest in having friends in my own age category um why i don't know maybe i'm an older spirit i have no clue but it was just kind of kind of weird to you know i didn't i didn't like the things that my generation liked um is that a bad thing no um but uh it seemed to be a bad thing to the people that i surrounded myself with but um nowadays we see all these social media challenges and then you look at who's doing it and you're like oh my god that guy's my age yeah well trust me i am sorry world we did that Well, at least, you know, you have people that, that are still alive and kicking. People in my generation are starting to die off. I mean, we'd lost wow. Luke Perry. And, uh, yeah, I you know. know, and that, I, know. I know. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, like, every now and then I check my ticker to make sure that it's working okay. Right, exactly. We are just talking about, uh, you know, who is really good in, um, you know, the, the entertainment world that's still alive. You know, who... Who do we not want to die in the next year? Uh, well, I, you know, I, there's, there's, there's some, vo- there's some people there. Like I would be sad if like Nedris Elba left or uh, right, right. Ali or, or you know, there's, there's a lot of good talent out there, and I certainly right. wouldn't want them to be gone. Exactly. Um, exactly. Now, one of the things that I know that you discuss a, a great deal about, and then you and I have joshed about this a little bit on on the Twitter machine, is right. body image, and exactly, and, and that's a, that's something that. For instance, I, and I kid you not, and, and I've always been this way, and it's so. It, it, I was told a long time ago that sometimes you, the buttons that trigger you are installed on you in, in, in teenage years, and then you never get rid of them. And right. so for me, when I was a little kid, um, I, everybody made fun of my chicken legs, or they talked about me having a, a larger nose. 
uh, right. or being a little brown kid. Uh, and I've talked about this on the podcast as far as, you know, talking about 90210, like all the pretty people on TV were these white skinny kids from uh, from Beverly Hills. And I right, was exactly, a brown, exactly. you know, uh, short kid from East L.A. And, and I have issues still to this day as far as looking in the mirror and seeing an attractive figure at times. Right. Now, I, I've overcome a lot, but it's still right. there. You talk a, a, a lot, you know, to some degree on that on, on your show and with folks. I mean, but, right. it's, but, but sometimes I feel like whenever I gain a pound or two, I get very self-conscious and I go out there and I talk about my weight issues. And right. I know that you've, you know, jabbed at me a couple of times. Okay, we're back. <laughs> I swear to God, I got to get that fixed. Anyways, so I, I carp about a couple of pounds. Right. You know, um, it, currently I'm in the middle of that. I weighed myself the other day and I'm 180 pounds. I'm 177 now. See, that, that's exactly it. <laughs> I'm 5'7", 177 pounds. And, and I've dropped weight within the last two weeks fairly easily. Right. So when I complain about that or I carp about that online, oftentimes I'll get shut the fuck up, Hugo. So, right, exactly. exactly. And, and, I, and I know that it's, it's coming from, 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 you know, a friendly place. But, right. you know... How, how do you struggle or how do you we're, cope with that, deal with that? We're all human. I try to look at everything in a logical, rational way. I try to. Um, there's some days where I'm like, just shut the fuck up, Michael. Just just get mad. But um, no, I try to look at everything in a logical way. And, you know, I've been, I've been the skinny white dude and I've been the muscular dude and I've been the fat dude. And um, now that I'm older, I'm like, hmm, what one do I want to be? well, does it really matter kind of deal? You know, I think um, personally, um, when you yourself um, is, you know, okay with the, the way that you look or the way you feel, I think that portrays something to other people and it gives this aura of, you know, something. So, you know, you look either, you look more... Uh, you know, welcoming to people or whatever. It doesn't really have to do with, you know, the way you actually look. I think it's just the way that you feel about your your body. Um, and in the United States, for sure, which is way different than most other worlds, you know, right now we're in this trend where, you know, if you weigh for men, I'm going to say this, if you if you have a, a waistband that is more than 30 inches, then you're obese, where <laughs> it's not it's not that simple to say that, you know, you're obese or not. And, you know, um, I think that there's just this this social, you know, perspective that a lot of people think that is right where it's not right. I think it's all has to do with your own mindset. And, you know, what we see in the mirror is not what someone else sees, you know, when they look at us. So we have to remember that too, is that, you know, if you don't like the person in the mirror, that doesn't mean that someone else isn't going to like you. Um, no, most certainly. I, it, it's, it's funny. You talk about having a 30 inch waist. I'm at a 32. Right, right. I, I'm at a 32 and I have, I know. And I've been at a 32 well, I'm going to rub it in if I can. No, but, uh, but, but my, my point is that I've been at a 32 by hook and by crook, which means that the moment that the muffin, the muffin tops thing starts coming on, I right. freak the fuck out. Right, right. I, I, all of a sudden, this is now a national tragedy, and that's all that takes over my life. I start, you know, eat, uh, for me, eating better. I, I maybe not have that right. fourth glass of wine. Uh, 
and stuff. And right. so, I, but I'm very mindful. And I thought this is going to turn off at one point. There's going to be a, there's going to be an age when I'm going to be, when I'm not going to care. And so far I have not gotten to that age. I will always care. And I, and I think, well, listen, I'm doing it. You know, I, I've been married for, well, I've been with my wife now for 20 years now. You would, you know, you would think, well, I, it's not because I'm like trying to hook up. It's right. a personal thing. It's a me exactly. thing. It's a, it's, exactly. it, and, uh, you know, but like you said, I, I constantly, I'm, I'm very self-conscious this way. And, right, uh, right. and I'm, and I'm constantly fishing for compliments. That explains 90% of the, you know, the, exactly. uh, the exactly. photos I put online. Exactly. But, I, but I used to think, well, that's unhealthy. And now I think it would be unhealthy if I were, I mean, truly obsessing about it or if, um, or if I was tearing other people down or if I was, you know, being self-medicating in a bad way. It, it just, it, 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 there, is such a, there is such a good a virtue for having pride in oneself. Oh, yeah. And, you know, what, again, I, I try to look at it a logical way. There's days where I look in the mirror, I'm like, oh, my God, you're just like this fat blob that, you know, you know, uh, needs to go, you know, instead of working for the, the next week, you're going to be at the gym for the next, you know, week, eight hours a day, yada, yada, yada. And then there's days where, you know, I just look in the mirror. I'm like, wow, I look more glowing in my weight than I did when I was skinny or when I had abs, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? I actually feel mentally, you know, um, better than than that and i think everyone has their own you know their own body weight that is good for them where you know it's it's to the point where you're okay with yourself you know um you look good you look younger than what you're supposed to look like and you know it's it's it, it's different for everyone the only issue is when you're putting your perspective on someone else right um, I agree and, with that. Right. I made a comment, which a lot of people actually hated on the FU pod, which is a new podcast, is that, you know, bigger girls look better. I, I said that um, on air. I think we're on GAQ radio. How too, dare you, podcast. sir? I know. So it's so <laughs> bad to say that bigger women look better. But I did. I, I said that. And that was just my own own personal view now i'm a gay man so i mean it shouldn't matter anyways because i don't like chicks but you know I, I i when i was younger and i was attracted to women yes i was attracted to women at one time um i liked the the, the thicker the thicker girls i thought that they always looked you know better than you know petite women does that mean that petite women are ugly no it's just my own personal view on what i like and you know i get to have that view like you might not like, you know, bigger women or, you know, who knows who someone else might not like bigger women. That, that's OK, as long as you just don't talk shit about them because they're bigger. Well, yeah, we were watching. I've, I've, I don't know why I didn't enjoy the show then. I am certainly enjoying it now and enjoying it now because I can binge it. But we've been watching America's Next Top Model. And, okay. uh, and we're on to the earlier seasons and uh, they have these plus size you know, in, in the quote unquote plus size uh, models on there, which are, they're still, you know, they're voluptuous, but they're definitely, they're not waves. They're models. They look good. Shut up. Yeah. yeah but, but no, but I keep, but you know, <laughs> no. they, they, they have 16 of, of these ladies here and I'm, my eyes are gravitating to the ones that have, you know, 
boobs and in the right. rear end and because I'm, <laughs> right. I, I like curvy and like you said it's right, in the right. eye of the beholder you know right. the, the, the people that i blame the, the the folks that i think are the biggest problem part of the problem um maybe and, and maybe they should be uh done with is the people that um sell underwear to to other men because they choose models that are extremely you know good looking and i say shame on those folks Hey, uh, I do that. I say what? <laughs> well, we'll talk about a segue. Girl. So, of all the things that you're also I'm involved with. Right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that you're also involved with is Mail Trunk uh, underwear. You're a designer. So uh, Mail Trunk was around ever since 2008, I believe. Um, my story started when I was fresh out of high school. Can you hear me? Yes. So go ahead. Um, when I was fresh out of high school, you know, I did some um, things, films to get into college. And then uh, I moved on because I did not like those things. And I made underwear for... There's a story there, but okay. Movie go on. Model. That's like an XXX story, which I cannot tell online. In fact, I think that my um, my legal uh, person who's supposed to be around here might say, Michael, do not mention that. I don't know. Maybe he's, he's gone. Who cares? Anyways, but... Uh, <laughs> yes, he's not even inside here. Whatever. You have one job, dude. I hire you for one job. Right. Um, anyways, but um, yeah, I make underwear. Um, what happened was men's underwear at the time was either really, really boring or there's boxers. Now, there's briefs and stuff like that, but they weren't very... In the gay world, you have to, like, look and feel good. And there wasn't anything like that. So I decided to start doing underwear. And then I moved on um, from, you know, just doing models to doing actually bigger guys. Because bigger guys wanted more comfortable... We're talking about underwear still. We're still talking about underwear. We're still talking about... Not the models themselves. We're not talking about the models themselves. So, um... Yeah, so I created Meltrunk for two reasons. One is for men to feel good about their own bodies, no matter what size they are. And two, to, you know, promote that, you know, you can look good as a man in underwear, whether you're gay or straight or not, without having to buy, like, you know, those chonies that just, it's anchor. Yes. Anchor like me. We, le- we left it at Chonies. So Chonies. One, one of the questions that, and, and thank you for um, cultural appropriation. Um, <laughs> so the waistband, how much time do you spend worrying about that? As in making the design or? Well, the, here's, here's the reason why I asked okay. that. Back, back when, when I was, when, well, when I was uh, a metrosexual, that was the thing in, two, in the 2000s, you know, uh-huh. uh, men's underwear started to show. And, and one, of the, right. one of the biggest things that, well, what was being seen was the thicker waistlines. Right, exactly. And so I, that's my question is, do you, is that something that you worry more, more about? Do you, are you more concerned about a material and, and, and where is, is it also meant? As of now, now I run the company different. We actually have a licensed physical therapist from um, California that created this mannequin that has pressure points to understand you know where pressure is being given what lift is being given the whole point of a thicker waistband on skinnier guys is support when it comes up to thicker guys you want a little bit of less of a waistband 
just enough to hold it up, but not enough to, you know, create pressure on maybe the muffin top or something like that, because that can actually cause um, internal issues. Same thing when it comes to the cup of the underwear. Um, most underwear is flat. It doesn't give any support, which can cause different issues, you know, down there as well from, you know, uh, testicular pinching to even shrinkage. And um, this is something that can be, you know, done with, with two ways. First of all, it looks better when it's pouched. But second of all, there is a medical reason why it has to be pouched, why it has to be lifted and stuff like that. And every man has a different kind of pouch. And that's why we kind of came up with uh, ways to kind of like women have cup sizes for bras. We actually have cup sizes for men's underwear. So we're talking about it's not just the size of the testes, but it's also the the shaft itself. I mean, are, are, is that yeah? It's, it's how about? you hang. It's how you hang. It's how you know um, each each man, no matter what the color of their skin is, you know, has different you know uh, hanging points. You hang to the left, hang to the right, hang to the center. Don't hang at all. You know, stuff like that. And then you also have to think about you know the the testes. How 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 do they hang? Do they hang at all? You know, stuff like that. So there's, it's not just this one size fits all moment. Again, I think of it as just like a bra for women. You know, there's different cup sizes. There's different lift patterns, stuff like that, that we as men have to understand that we have to look at as well as, a you know, in a medical way. So what about, what about the fabric? How, how does the fabric play into it? Fabric, uh, you know, I like using um, recycled materials now just because it's, it's, a, it's a thing. They're easy to produce. You know, we produce all of our materials here. In fact, we bought an old, you know, um, fabric making machine, which is like uh, the size of a city block. But, um, you know, it's, it's, we, we try to bring in um, fabrics that have a certain kind of tension. And I can't give you that perspective or that, that actual percentage of the tension, but it does have to uh, have to deal with, you know, stretch quality of the fabric. You know, if you go to the, the, the store and get cotton fabric, it might not stretch. Um, the, the ability to stretch from left and right and side to side, and then how you cut it is all, you know, how you create this underwear that doesn't give too much pressure in one area, but just enough for lift and to make sure that your boys are protected all day. And now do you, obviously, this is what you wear every single day? When I wear underwear, yes, I do wear my own brand just because I like how it feels. Again, I designed it for me to be on camera back in the day. And then I now I design it for everyone else. And I wouldn't be a good business person if I didn't want to wear my own product. Right, right. Now, if you were to say, you know, my difference between, you know, let's call X brand down at the local Piggly Wiggly, right, versus what you, you know, what you have, if one of the one of the challenges I think, and, and maybe it's just me, but one of the challenges that I think when you go online and you're looking at any of these premium underwear, and I'm just gonna use that right. word. You think, well, I can buy a pack over at the local store for X amount of dollars, it's, and it's relatively cheaper versus right. one trunk of here. Right. What you know? What would you account? And I think you've alluded to this already, but what would you account? What what makes up for that difference? Why is it right. worth that much? That's much more. 
Right. Now, when it comes to underwear, again, you want comfort and, you know, stability, but you also want longevity and stuff like that. And, you know, that's one thing that I tried to change is, you know, our underwear is guaranteed for six months. That includes holes. Um, if you change your size within that six months and it's too tight, we'll send you another pair. Um, that's something that we wanted to change. Another thing that we're changing is we're actually in the underwear industry working with other brands now where I get to design for some of these, you know, major brands. I can't say their name legally, but you know, I get to design for some of these other brands. And, um, a lot of people don't understand that these brands are having their underwear created by one company in either China or, you know, um, South America, um, Mexico, stuff like that, where they're all actually basically the same cut. The only difference is, is the waistband and what it's, what's, what's, what name is printing printed on it basically. So when people say that, Oh, your underwear is too much or too little. Now I don't really price the underwear and I don't work in that department. I hire people to do that. But um, again, we have, you know, warranties that we want to ensure that is sufficient for the customer. Um, and a man could, you know, go to Ross or I shouldn't say names, Ross or TJ Maxx and go get, you know, uh, a pair of uh, chonies for, you know, 10 bucks for 10 of them or whatever the prices are now. But are they actually doing something for you? Are they giving you the support? Are you hurting yourself when you sit down or are you not, you know, is it causing problems in the bedroom with your wife or your, your, your lover or something like that? These are all things that you have to look at. Um, and I think as men, we still have that stereotype where it's weird to go in a store and look at underwear. Well, straight men, gay men have that too. I guess if they're in the closet, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. I, yes. I mean, I'm sure that even with gay friends of mine, like when we ever, if we ever, whenever we get into that conversation, some are very open. And well, it, it's, 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 in that sense, it is night and day. Some are very open and they want to tell you everything. And some are like, that's right. my business. Uh, right. Leave, leave me alone. I, I like to have the conversations because I think it's, it's like any other piece of clothing. And like you said, people, you know, I've heard, you know, at dinner, there has got, yeah, there has got to be a better way. But, anyways, what right. I was going to say is that, you know, I look through a lot of catalogs. And, and for instance, I know that whenever I'm shopping for a new camera, um, mm-hmm. price, of course, is a concern, but I'm also looking oh, yeah. for value. And, and we do that with so many different things. And why wouldn't something that's going to be protecting, you know, precious right. cargo, for lack of a better term, why wouldn't you spend, you know, some time in looking at fabric, especially if it's going to be a piece of clothing that's going to last you a long a while and it's going to have oh, a, yeah. a, a guarantee, a warranty. Now, right. You know, when it comes to your everyday, what is it that you do work-wise? Is it the I am I am split. My schedules each week week is split between Mel Trunk now recording this uh, this animated film. Then I have two podcasts that I actually have to go into a, a studio to record, and then also um, there's GAAQ Radio, which is a global radio station that I go into every Friday to do their lunch hour, which is funny because I mess up all the time. So my, my schedule is kind of weird. And then of course there's, there's, there's traveling, but last, the last couple months, 
we're all pride season. So, yes. um, you know, and that takes a lot out of you too, because not only am I there for my business, I'm also there to promote the, the podcast to, you know, um, MC some of the events and then also as an emotional support gay for the uh, gays on stage that, you know, when they're off stage and they got booed or they got called, you know, ugly or something, then they come to me and they, they cry to me, which I don't mind, but you know, it's, it's, uh, I have all these job titles that, you know, I have to uh, deal with, you know, pretty much every week. So, um, you know, my, my, my schedule is kind of all over the place. It makes it exciting. Now, you exciting, know, I, I, exciting, is not the word that I would use. Well, <laughs> Sometimes I just want to stay in bed all day and just not get up. Well, you know, I think we've, we've all been there, uh, but Hey, exactly. you know, it's got to get done. So the next question that I had uh, in, is, it seems in a lot of different ways that we are going backwards um, with, with, you know, and not just in, you know, with, with issues within, you know, gay politics, but also in overall politics, okay. you know, but do, do you see hope out there? Do you see that things are getting better? And, and, and you know, obviously that's a very broad question, but let's talk about issues when it concerns to the LGBTQ community. Do I want to see no, do progress? You, do, do you see progress? I can't answer that question because um, do I see progress? No, I don't see progress as much as I would like to see progress. So it's the um, rape. Correct. So do okay. should there be progress? Yes. But I think that what's what's... I shouldn't say what's holding us. I think our own community is holding us back a little bit. And then, of course, we, you know, because of that, you know, it kind of uh, uh, spills into some of these very um, political hate groups that don't like our group anyways. So they're using that against us. Um, do I see in our country anyways? No, I don't see any uh, anything progressing for the community anytime soon. Um, outside of the U.S., we see all this good stuff happening and yada, yada, yada. Some of these other countries, of course, they still hate gays, but, you know, that might not change. That's with a, a lot of progression outside of the United States instead of inside. And we're supposed to be the ones that are leading the way. You know, exactly. Leading the way, kind of making the world see that we're better people, but apparently we're, we're not. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't, I, I would like to consider myself an ally uh, of the community, but I can, but I also, you know, belong to others. And let's just talk right. about, let's say this issue with immigration and, 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 oh, yeah. and Hispanics and whatnot. I, I often see lately that in infighting between different subgroups of what you would call Latino. Let's just and, right. and back when right. I was a kid, it was Latino, not Latinx. And and even that in itself, those those labelings and those titles are causing fighting. And, and, and oftentimes it seems that we don't have a good rallying cry that everybody can get be, can get get behind and push forward. We seem to right. be in this Tower of Babel sort of situation where, well, this is my you know pet issue, so this is what's most important. And since everybody right. has one, then nobody can focus on anything. And that's where the powers that be, or you know, established you know uh, right. systems take advantage of that. And and that's where we don't see the progress that we should be seeing. 
Exactly. Now, I don't want to get into politics, but I, I think all of these issues with the LGBTQ community, with the Latin community, even with the black community, um, it's, it's all spilling down from our, our politics, our people who we have in power. Now, I'm not Democrat nor Republican. Um, I am proudly independent, but now in, we have politicians that like to say one thing and do the other. We also have politicians that want to fight for you on film, but when you're in the office trying to, you know, fix a problem, they can, they're, they're nowhere to be found. So we see this in, 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 in the political, our political parties and our political you know uh, our governments um but what people are doing in our small communities is they're seeing that and they're kind of projecting the same way and i've noticed that the lgbtq community anyways has kind of become this um progressive poster but really they're becoming more conservative and conservative in the lgbtq community is a no-no and i said that on my podcast too is that we're becoming more conservative instead of more you know more modern and more uh, sophisticated but i think the the political climate is changing all of our own perspectives and it's causing feuds uh, i can certainly see that um i've had some conversations as i get older and again i'm uh, about 11 years your your uh, senior um, right. As I get older, I see a lot of the people within my community and we were going to be Gen Xers and we were going to be extreme to, you know, ride and die kind of people. And, right, and right. now we're seeing on, on the Facebook or on the Twitter machine where you, you start getting hints of my thoughts have ossified on an issue and there's no more room for inclusion. And, right. I, and you think, well, no, remember, we were going to be the ones that were not going to we were not going to turn into our parents. And all of a sudden, exactly, we, kind of, exactly. we, we are. <laughs> no, and I think it, uh, the, the whole thing is with, uh, you know, our, 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 our politics and our government right now is that, you know, they don't just sit down and communicate. People need to understand that other people have different views. And you as a person need to understand that just because you have a powerful view doesn't mean that it's the right view or maybe it's the right view to you, but you're not listening to the other side because you're so emotional. Okay. It's that, it's that eight minute mark. It's the killer. Yeah, I know. Anchor, but if you're they, listening, fix that. <laughs> you, you, they, they really do. But, you know, I, 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 I see what you're saying and, it, and it's interesting that, uh, and, and, and it's one of the things that we're that I was talking to another podcaster about just recently is is the fact that you know and in the hope truly is now in some ways with the millennials that you were arguing about earlier is the yeah. fact that you guys are taking over the mantle for social progress that that my generation is starting to not pull away from. But we're getting into those later years where we, we A, because of children, because of, you know, our mortgages, because of right, the fact exactly. that we're getting older, we're becoming that more conservative group. And we need your help with you all push, pushing, pushing on. Right. Um, yes. Uh, but I think with my generation, for sure, is we like pushing, but we don't like listening. And that's going to be an issue, too, in the, the later years where, 
you know, everyone is going to think one way because if you don't think that that way, you're going to be, I, I, God forbid, killed. I don't know. There, it's, it's starting to get a little bit violent in some of these communities. Um, but, uh, you know, that's something that we have to think of. And I don't think my generation understands that, you know, if you don't like something, instead of pushing that person off the cliff, try to change their mind or listen to their viewpoint and understand their view and then come to a conclusion that is, you know, perfect for both parties. Um, and again, that, that, that's how I think politicians should be too. You know, that it's, I know you want to, you know, uh, um, get your votes in for your, 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 your next, your upcoming election. But you also have to understand that when you're in office, even though that you're a Democrat or a Republican, you're representing the people as a whole now. It, right. You know, I mean, and, and yes, you want viewpoints of your party to be heard, but you have to also understand that there's other people that have different viewpoints. And that's when you need to sit down with everyone and come up with a conclusion that is is good for everyone. Um, and that just doesn't doesn't happen. I think. No, it's a try. Go ahead. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a dangerous tribalism. And uh, and it's something that I myself fight against with. That's why I'm not a big fan of necessarily labels. Right. And, you know, but but you can't use sometimes when you're having a dialogue and a conversation, you can't help and use them. But I am very oh, yeah. uh, open about my use of labels. That's why, for instance, I, I always talk about the fluidity of uh, of uh, attraction between uh, between the sexes or lack of attraction right. or I talk about like you said I'm not a Republican I'm a Democrat I'm I'm independent because there there are answers there there could be good answers from uh, you know a conceived you know another person and just because they have an R next to their name or a D in front of their name doesn't vacate the, the you know, a good solution right but if we keep on tagging on these identities onto ourselves and we can't think outside of that then then yes we get to a point where like you said the the listening stops exactly exactly and that's you know and that's that that's a problem because also we've we we've gotten away from the ability to mediate to um compromise we just don't do it very well oh yeah and we see that with uh you know the the our southern border which you know there's people on one side saying, you know, it's a safety issue. The people on the other side is, you know, it's a humanitarian issue. <clears throat> you guys are both correct. Um, but instead of, you know, doing anything about it, they're either for it or against it. And that's it. They're not, you know, creating laws or sitting down with, you know, opposite people to, you know, what can we do together to get this, you know, situated where we don't look like we have prisons you know, on our southern borders, you know what I mean? Or, you know, we don't have, uh, um, you know, kids that, uh, you know, look like they're malnourished and it looks like we just don't care. We're supposed to be the United States. We're supposed to be more progressive. We're supposed to be the ones that the world looks at for these kind of issues. And it seems that, you know, just because politic, uh, political individuals want the the you know they want to say that they're they they hate you know these quote camps 
but they're not doing anything to fix it. A lot of people don't want to see the president because, of course, the president is disliked. So you don't want to be invited to the White House. If I was invited to the White House, and again, I'm not saying I like the president, I'd go. And my one thing I would want to do is, you know, try to persuade him on some of these topics. That would be a good, logical way to, you know, fix some of these issues. Yes, I, I, I do think that there we have a lot of paper tigers in uh, and the online communities have made them a lot more you know, easily uh, available. There's there's right. a lot of folks that will go online and they'll tweet all day about the, the, the inequities of our world. But when right. it comes to the rubber meets the road, they won't show up. And that's where real change happens. So, no, I, right. I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. Right. Cool. I do. I do appreciate the time. I, I got to call, you know, it's got to come to a close, but I am glad that we did this. It's been a long time coming and, uh, and I appreciate the fact that you took the time from your very, very busy schedule. Sir, exactly. To, exactly. To, to, to do this here with me. Right, exactly. where, where can people find you online? Uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. That's at Mike Dean Roberts. Um, of course I'm on IMDB and I'm pretty sure that there's a whole bunch of stuff on there. I don't even know. If you Google Mike Dean Roberts and go to the IMDb thing, maybe you'll find me. Maybe just not. based on what we heard of, just be careful what uh, link you click on because you might be taken to a, a whole different I don't place. Know, I didn't use that name for that, <laughs> uh, for that That's thing. fair enough. Uh-oh. Michael Dean Roberts, you have been fantastic. Uh, gave thank this you, podcast thank you. is where, where they can hear you. I appreciate it. And let's do it again soon. Yes, of course. Thank you very much. Thanks.